beautiful beings. Welcome to the Stefanelli podcast. This is me, Stefanelli, reporting live here from planet Earth. Welcome, welcome, wherever in the cosmos you may be tuning in from. I hope you're well. I hope everything is flowing in your life, that you're continuing to expand and learn, deepen your love, and deepen your inner connection to yourself and life. I'm grateful for you tuning in right now. I'm recording this on a Monday morning. It's the last day of January where I, when I'm recording this. It's wild how time flows. Already a month passed since 2022 started. It's always a funny thing with time how when you're looking ahead, it seems so long. But always when you look back, it seems like just an instant. Funny little paradox there. Terence McKenna had this idea about time where he was talking about the speeding up of time and so when we observe human history for example we see that what happened now in the last 10 years was more evolution than in the 100 years preceding that and in those 100 years there was more evolution than in the 1000 years preceding that And in those thousand, there was more evolution than in the ten or hundred thousand preceding that. So we see that it's always happening faster and faster, the evolution of mankind. Um, But when we look at the universe, we start to see a similar pattern emerging based on our um, observations and our calculations on the evolution of the universe we see that after the big bang uh, things pretty much stayed the same for i don't know exactly how long but for a long long time almost nothing happened and then something started to happen if it was that plasma cloud started to form or something but anyways that time period was way shorter than the long one before that And then the time period after that where, you know, matter starts forming and planets and all of this was even shorter. So it's always speeding up, getting faster and faster and faster. And it's interesting to see this reflection both in the macro perspective of the whole universe and then in our experience now as humanity. And it's funny, uh, I saw this somewhere, they were talking about uh, aliens if they were like observing humans and if they would be interested in what we were doing or communicating with us or something. But anyways, they put it up in the idea that if all of human history, since we became homo sapiens, that is when our physical bodies had evolved to the same point that they are at right now, Um, If you would have made a book of 500 pages or something about all of our uh, existence since that point up until this point here and now in time, 
we would be looking at about 499 pages of the same stuff happening in all of those pages you know us running around hunting you know gathering picking berries in the field uh, all of this stuff and it's only in the last page where we start to see uh, the emergence of fire when we started to be able to tame fire and then you know in the last half of that page or something is all of recorded human history from Cleopatra to you know the Mayan civilizations to the industrial revolution to the technology technological advancements happening right now all of that would be just right there in the end so it puts into perspective how sudden this shift has been for us as a species and as a race of beings and it begs the question really you know where is this all going to lead where what's going to happen next because if it's speeding up and speeding up are we going to start seeing you know in the next just couple of years more evolution than in the hundred years preceding that and is it going to continue going on like this in an exponential curve and if it does do that when is going to be the point where people are literally just stopping in the streets you know scratching their chin and saying wait what is actually going on you know the the thing i was having for breakfast right now and the things i was believing about life then has just become completely outdated by lunch and then when it's time to have dinner it's a whole new paradigm in place you know is it going to be something like this where it speeds up and speeds up and speeds up and you know what is really happening with this speeding up is that there's more connections being made in a shorter amount of time so there's more complexity being added you know deeper interconnectedness between all systems and we've seen it now in the past couple of decades that our species became global in the sense that we connected with each other on a global basis and formed a global community through the internet you know where we can connect with each other on different sides of the globe instantaneously and get both video and audio and all of that stuff and now with vr and all of this you know you can only speculate how immersive and how interconnected all of that is going to get but it's funny you know how we really take it for granted as soon as something like this happens and a lot of us don't really ask too many questions about where it's going to lead or what are the implications of it you know what are the different what are the sides of the coin the different sides of the cube in this equation and that's something Ramdas talked about in a talk I was listening from him recently about the karmic implications of our technological discoveries and advancements you know just like we see how much pollution happens from creating an electrical car battery or the fact that the phones in all of our hands are you know put together by Taiwanese children or something like this or the clothes that you're wearing are being sold in China uh, you know looking at what all of these advancements uh, are doing from a holistic lens and seeing if the if it's 
worth it in the end, if the benefits are worth what we are creating along with it. And it's difficult to say, you know, it's hard to see it forth because we tend to be a little bit short-sighted, you know, we're maybe not looking at the bigger picture of, okay, you know, we can create a car and that was a revolution that really changed the game for all of us, the automobile, to be able to drive places and, you know, all of the motor vehicles from trains to cars and now airplanes and all of this. But we maybe didn't realize that when we would produce so, so many of them, that might lead to environmental uh, effects that we didn't factor into the equation. Um, But yeah, it's just interesting to observe all of this and uh, yeah, speculate where it might lead. You know, how long is it going to be until we are all immersed with goggles in the metaverse, you know, and putting on suits that create a sensory experience for our whole body so we can feel like we're hugging someone or making love to someone you know on the other side of the globe and how deep can we get in that until it's hard to distinguish that from our day-to-day experience here in this uh, physical manifestation of the earthly domain so, yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, some of us speculate, of course, that we are already immersed in a simulation that's just become so immersive that you can't even realize that you're in it. Uh, it reminds me of this uh, story. I shared it on Instagram at some point. They put out a video, Aubrey Marcus and Charles Eisenstein and some people where uh, he the author called Charles Eisenstein wrote this story that was called, I think, a gather, The Gathering of the Tribe or A Gathering of the Tribe. And so he described this tribe of beings in a far more advanced race than us, spiritually advanced race. And they were there on their planet or in their dimension of experience. And they were creating a ceremony with a shaman and so the shaman tells them this tale about the earth and he says that there's a planet in need of help a planet where the people are beginning to lose their connection to themselves lose their connection to the earth and if they don't get any assistance they might very well mess up and their civilization might fall just like we've seen actually happen a couple of times already on this planet. There seem to have been empires and civilizations that have made it to similar points, uh, like the one that we are at right now, maybe in little bit different manifestations, not with the same physical, electronical technology as we have now, but maybe more far advanced spiritual technologies just like we see, you know, the pyramids that no one has uh, uh, no one has ever figured out how in the world they made it, and all of these different sites around the world and mysteries that cannot be explained by our materialistic, scientific, rational approach to life and the workings of the universe. So the point being that that's happened before that civilizations make it to a certain point and then they fall and tip trip over themselves 
But anyways, so in that story, the tribe got together there and the shaman told them this story about the earth and told them that this planet is in need of help. And so he said, for all those who are willing, we're going to put you in a deep trance where you are going to go into such a deep meditative state here that you'll forget all about who you truly are and where you come from. And you will have the experience of being born as a child on this earth. And you will be brought up by parents and in a society there. And you will lose all connection with who you know in your heart that you really are. But then allies will come along the way and the different people from the tribe will already be there. And you will be sent assistance and you will be sent signs that will remind you of your true nature. And as those signs start to appear in your experience and make themselves visible, you will begin to remember the truth of who you are. And as you do that, you will be able to assist this race of humanity and wake them up into a state of consciousness there where they will realize uh, their true nature as well as beings from God or, you know, children of light, or children of source or, you know, as divine beings, as, as holy beings incarnate in this physical realm at this moment. And as you will assist them, that will guide them and show them the way not to screw up you know the this experience for themselves not to bite themselves in the arm kind of like we're doing you know with treating nature like it's something separate from us and treating each other like we're separate from each other not realizing that the whole depends on the health of all of its parts and we're all parts of the same organism so that you can't do anything harmful to one part of the system without harming the whole but when you start to heal one part of the organism, you're also healing the whole. So the shaman told them all about this, that they would come to the earth on this quest of assisting this species. And then the last thing that happened was that he blew smoke in the face of the beings of the tribe. And next thing we know here we are <laughs> and you know this is an interesting story and a beautiful perspective for a lot of us to relate to and connect to because oftentimes at least for us that are on the spiritual path and especially on the path of plant medicine you have very direct experiences of something like this where you can feel yourself you know as a being that is here in this world is in this experience but maybe does not originate from here you know jesus himself he said it be in the world but not of it and I feel like we're at an interesting point in time now here as human beings on planet Earth because we're continuing to speed up this technological 
uh, advancement and we're you know always seeing what's next on the horizon and what's going to come up but then we're also being faced with these problems such as the environmental uh, situation and now recently being faced with this experience of a pandemic and different things arising uh, and I'm curious to see how it's all going to continue to unfold if we're gonna see that we need to shift our uh, shift our attention and shift where we're placing the energy and maybe draw back from some of these capitalistic uh, ideal I- ideas and paradigms that we've been operating within and if we're gonna have to come into a more holistic approach uh, or if we're just going to continue driving on this system until it runs itself down into the ground or where's going to be the point you know where we create too much suffering for ourselves by you know chopping down the trees or poisoning the soil or poisoning the air all of these things where we're going to be forced to change you know there's a certain point just like in the health of an individual if you continue to eat junk food and poison yourself with drugs or alcohol or something, there comes a point where the suffering is too great and the pleasure in correlation to the suffering isn't enough so that you have to change. You know, uh, Paul Chak, a great teacher of mine, calls it the pain teacher. You know, we can ignore a pain for a certain amount of time and continue doing self-destructive things such as eating junk food or something but the pain is not going to go until you change something or until you look at it and see where it comes from and then how you can shift your approach so that it's not being produced anymore and so you know if you continue putting on weight or you continue developing diseases or disorders or different things that keep you out of alignment and in an unhealthy state there's going to be a point in time where you see okay now i'm just in too much pain where i have to change my lifestyle i have to start exercising or i have to change my diet or you know whatever it might be and then we see that reflected also on the societal level now in our uh, whole human race where we're doing a lot of things that are creating this suffering for ourselves but we we seem to be resistant to looking at it because we don't want to give up the pleasures and the comforts that it brings even though it's bringing all of this suffering and a lot of the time i feel like it's easier for us to doing to do it because we disassociate the suffering from ourselves in a way just like we see you know millions and millions starving on the planet or you know a lot of poverty disease you know the people of africa or the people in asia people in south and central america even in europe and the united states all over the world you know we're seeing this massive amount of suffering and it's easy you know to just buy the clothes from h&m or something and wear them because you directly 
as an individual or maybe not being presented with the suffering that came with that in your direct experience. But as I was saying earlier, any part of the whole that's being damaged is contributing to damage for the entirety of the system, you know, just like you can't take a glass of water and put, you know, one drop of poison in it uh, without it seeping into the entirety of the glass, you know. So, but the good thing is that the same applies for positive things. When we do positive things, acts of kindness, acts of goodwill, that is being rippled out, that, uh, that is rippling out and affecting all parts of creation because all of us are tangled together and intertwined, interconnected and linked in ways beyond what we can even understand with our minds. And beautifully, this is being shown now very clearly by quantum physics that there's not a particle in the universe that's not in direct communication to all other particles in the universe. So every part of the universe is always aware of everything else that's going on. Just as when you take a tub of water, let's say you have a tub of water and you put one drop into it, um, the water molecules right where the drop lands are going to ripple the most and they're going to be very directly affected. You see how they move and they ripple, but that ripple goes out and it becomes softer as it moves out, but there is no part of the whole tub that doesn't receive at least this a tiny little vibration from that drop coming in even the parts on the outermost edges they're getting a tiny tiny ripple and the same happens when you do an act of kindness for a person and this might make that person you know five times happier that day and that's going to affect, you know, the 10 closest people to them is going to make them, you know, slightly happier. And the 10 people around every single 10 person of those, you know, there we have 100 people, all of them are going to be slightly happier because of that happiness that you started out giving to one person. And then, you know, that ripples out, you know, the 10 people closest to those people are going to feel that as well. And it goes like a when you, uh, what is it called now in English, when you take a number and you put it into a, I can't remember how it's called in English, when you do like a number and then you put a small number on the corner of it, that means, you know, that you're multiplying this number by itself this many times. So it, it creates that sort of expression where it ripples out into all of it and creates a net positive for everybody. And I think an important uh, thing that we can all do in our personal lives is to begin to look at things through the paradigm of win-win instead of win-loss. Because you see, when you do a, a good deed like this, you create a win for the person that you do the kind act for, but you also create a win for yourself because you experience that joy and that bliss that comes from doing something good from someone else so both of you benefit from it whereas in like a competitive scenario like in sports or a lot of the time in business or even in life in general we're looking at it through the lens of a win-lose paradigm where it is for me to win someone else has to lose 
for me to gain, someone else has to lose. And this is a paradigm a lot of us are holding still, where we're always, you know, trying to do something for ourselves that we see that it somehow or we think that it has to be it has to diminish someone else's experience for us to elevate our experience but the truth is that we can all elevate our experiences together and beginning to hold this paradigm in our approaches personally to life is something very powerful and it really changes your personal experience of life a lot so yeah interesting things going on right now on this planet that's for sure and it's gonna be very interesting to continue to watch it evolve and unfold yeah i wonder you know with things like uh what we just seen in the past two years with like a curveball hitting us with this pandemic that people maybe weren't expecting that such a quick shift could happen but then we all kind of just as the dust settled a little bit we just settled into it and began to live life like this was the normal uh, state of affairs so we see that you know a lot of change can happen and we adapt to it very quickly but what i think about is you know for example i was watching this funny interview with gary vaynerchuk and mark zuckerberg <laughs> where they were talking about the metaverse and talking about web3 and and nfts and different things and you know they were talking about all of these technological advancements going into ai and virtual reality and then augmented reality you know where we're starting to see holograms appearing and and putting on glasses where you can really modify your experience of what you're perceiving in your reality and all of these things are very exciting and it's gonna be very interesting to see how all of that moves forward but then i wonder if we might be expecting some other curveballs to hit us just like what happened now recently with covid if we can expect some other things that we maybe aren't factoring into the equation to come into our experience due to these karmic implications of our technological advancements that are gonna make for example um, the metaverse irrelevant because maybe we'll be forced to focus in deeper on our universe <laughs> on our physical experience here due to you know whether that be a, a food crisis or whether we're gonna see a climate uh, shift that none of us could have expected or if it's going to be the economy collapsing i don't know you know i'm speculating and i don't want to be just directing the focus towards the negative but i really yeah just think about what are the implications of all of this forward movement in our innovative technologies and and what's going to be on the horizon for us as a humanity moving forward but i also believe that there are many many beautiful things just around the corner i think so many people on the planet right now are 
beginning to expand in consciousness and maybe starting to see through the current veil of this mind space that we've been caught up in for a while now of seeing everything as only physical uh, objects and seeing ourselves as separate from all of life Um, it's funny you know how separate we see ourselves from nature and we look at everything that we do as unnatural and yeah we really in a way have created a paradigm for ourselves where we almost see ourselves as aliens in this creation but it's funny you know for example a tree before trees existed was very unnatural you know on this planet before we had trees maybe in another space in the quantum space or in a some astral realm or something there was already a blueprint for the tree but it didn't exist in this physical earth experience here and therefore it was very unnatural but then as trees started to emerge they became a integrated part into nature and now you know they're the most natural thing that we can see but when it comes to for example a computer or human houses or a lamp or something you know we look at all of this as unnatural but nature created us and we are extensions of that natural creative force and if we're birthing this into experience just as a bird puts together a nest or you know any other occurrence happening in the natural world i don't see how our expressions are any different from that they have come about a lot faster than a lot of other things we see in nature you know i i suspect that trees took a lot of more time to evolve than for example how quickly we've brought the computer to life but i think all of that has to do with what i was alluding to earlier with the speeding up of this evolution and that doesn't just go for humanity like i said earlier it goes for the whole universe and that means the planet our species the galaxy you know the the multiverse the different dimensional realities but who knows you know who knows we're only we're only lo- we're only looking at a small small fraction of time that we have had to observe the universe and we're really still just a species uh, that's very young you know like i said about that book we really just you know crawled out of the crib (laughs) we we just crawled out of the animal domain so recently and we always like to think that we've made it so far you know and in in certain regards of course we have but the possibilities go far beyond where we've made it now and i like to speculate you know that if we could crawl out of the ocean as some lizard fish and evolve from that you know into a upright ape walking on two legs on the surface of the earth that maybe we can continue evolving and maybe that evolution doesn't have to be only in our physical expression but possibly 
into more spiritual domains of life, just as we're seeing now the emergence uh, of the mental field or the psychic field, the mind space, which we've only recently tapped into and we seem to be the only species on the planet that has tapped into it at least to the depths that we've made it to at this point, you know. The fact that we can communicate with language, that we can think both, you know, far back in time and ahead in time, that we have a perception of past, present and future. This is something that we didn't have when we were animals you know an animal is very much immersed in its present experience of course there is a certain memory that the animal has of the past and a certain vision that it must be able to hold of the future but it doesn't seem to be consciously aware of those processes occurring within itself um, of course, I'm only speculating, you know, I haven't been inside the mind of an animal, but there's no denying the fact that we do stick out on this planet, you know, that we've made it to a point in our evolution that's taken us out of this animal domain and into a different domain that's yeah, big, beginning to incorporate the field of mind more than the physical uh, reality you know we're spending more time in the mental field than really immersed in the sensory physical experience and we're seeing that even more with you know the phones and with the internet and all of this that we're spending time in this electronical hypothetical mind space that we've created for ourselves and yeah, you know, I feel like that's a certain step in our evolution, but maybe we can start to go higher in the fields where maybe we start to tap into certain astral domains where we begin to connect, um, what shall I say? We begin to connect points in time in a non-local manner where we get out of the linear time experience of mind that you know looks at time as a line that we're moving through from the past and into the present and into the future and rather we can start to tap into a domain of interconnectedness where we see that the future is directly linked to the past and the past to the future and the present moment which is really all there truly is uh, is linked to both of those in such an intimate way where really that both the past and the future are being expressed in this eternal present moment and maybe that's going to allow us to tap into magical abilities such as psychic perceptions telepathy possibly remote viewing teleportation being at two places at the same time who knows and the funny thing is, you know, that we've already observed certain highly evolved beings express these qualities on our planet before, you know, from the stories of the yogis and the papas, you know, levitating, not eating for months on end, you know, Jesus himself walking on water, being resurrected, 
you know there's all of these stories from all over the world of these things happening and you know people can believe what they want about the truth of those stories or if that actually happened or not but there is enough evidence and studies that have been made right now for example on remote viewing where people are able to project their awareness into a place where they're not located physically and then accurately describe their environment in that place there was a cia investigation that was called stargate no i can't remember exactly what it was called but they were studying this remote viewing and there's been loads of studies of people actually doing this and the same things that we see with, for example, Joe Dispenza. He's someone that, if you don't know him, he wrote a book called Becoming Supernatural. He wrote a book about the placebo effect and some other books. And he hosts these seminars where people come in for a week or so. And they all come in with an intention of healing collectively. And so people come in there that might be blind or might be in a wheelchair, people with stage four cancers and all sorts of different things but he has developed a technique of meditation paired with breath work and visualization and all sorts of different things where he is able to bring people into a field of awareness which he refers to usually i think as the quantum field or the quantum space or something like this where people begin to modify their blueprints of their physical expression and they begin to be able to hold the vision so strong and so powerful of uh, another possibility that exists already in that quantum realm and connect themselves to it so they're able to change their physical expression and people are coming out of there you know people that didn't see blind people seeing again people are standing up out of their wheelchairs uh, people are coming in with tumors and then they come out and the tumor completely disappeared and he himself actually the, the thing that got him into this was that he got into a terrible accident where he was competing in a bike race and I think he was turning a corner or something and he got hit by a car really hard. And I can't remember exactly the details of what happened, but I think he broke some uh, spinal columns and tore, you know, loads of things in his body and everything was a mess. You know, he was completely wrecked. And as he got into the hospital, you know, they tried to do something with him, but then they ended up telling him, you know, you're never walking again man and you're never going to be the same but i think he was in that hospital for months you know i can't remember how long he was in there but he started doing this meditation with himself experimenting to visualize his spine being put back into place and all of the columns coming together aligned and healthy and he really went into detail you know visualizing it all coming together and he began only doing this, you know, half an hour a day, an hour a day. Then he worked himself up where he was doing this, I think eight hours a day or something. And then finally he just stood up healthy as ever 
and he was completely healed. And people couldn't believe it. You know, people didn't understand it. It it defied the laws of what the human body is supposed to be capable of. But then he's time and time again now shown in his workshops and in his seminars and through his research that our capabilities as human beings are far beyond what we have believed. Same applies to guys like Wim Hof, you know. This guy is, you know, hiking, wearing nothing but his underwear in the freezing cold out in the snow for days and through his meditative techniques and practices of breath work is able to control the flow of energy within his body to create warmth and heat and to heal himself uh, for example they injected him with uh, a virus of some sort that usually you know everyone that gets injected with it becomes sick with a fever but he believed that he could withstand the injection and not take it in using his control of mind and breath and so he did this and nothing happened to him he was completely fine and so then they said you know it's just because you are superhuman you know it's because there's something different about you but then he ended up taking a group of people and training them in his practices and then they did the same thing to them that they injected them with this virus and all of them were able to withstand it so it goes to show that there's a lot of different things that we're capable of that maybe the only thing stopping us from it is our collective belief in our lack of ability to be able to do such things and that really comes to you know the point of what is our experience and how do our beliefs um, come together with the universe to create our experience is this just a experience where what you believe is what's made manifest and if some beliefs are maybe more surface level and some of them are more deeply ingrained if we begin to dive in deep and work on those deeply ingrained beliefs such as you know that we are powerless over uh, a virus like that or that you know our body can't heal itself or that we can't tap into the spiritual realms you know maybe those are just beliefs that are being collectively held and therefore are being expressed in reality just because enough of us are holding that belief together and then you know the question arises do those beliefs serve us or are they limiting us are they devitalizing us and disempowering us and can we then put in beliefs that do empower us and do assist us in creating the experience that we truly want to live so yeah that's interesting interesting topics there there's also something very interesting to do with multiple personality disorders where people that have many personalities I don't know the neurochemistry or the neurodynamics of what creates that experience or, or the psychodynamics of that. But all of us know about mul- multiple personality disorder, you know, where a, pe- where a person 
can have more than one personality being expressed through it. Uh, and some people, it shifts very rapidly. Some people shift over longer periods of time. But anyways, they did a study on people with multiple personality. And there was uh, this something I've heard from both Tony Robbins and from David Hawkins. He wrote amazing books such as Healing and Recovery and a book called Letting Go that I really recommend, David Hawkins. But anyways, they studied people with multiple personality disorders and they started to notice that different personalities could have different physical traits such as one personality might be allergic to peanuts while another personality isn't. Uh, one personality could be uh, have its sight uh, have its sight impaired, meaning uh, that it might need glasses, while another personality wouldn't. And there were different things like this coming up. You know, a difference in eyesight, a difference in um, what do you call it? allergies yeah allergies and when they started going into this there was a patient that had i think around 10 different personalities or something and that person would shift very rapidly between them you know within an hour that person might shift through all of those personalities and they observed that one of the personalities had a different eye color than the rest so that the color of the eye, which people attribute to, you know, genetics that within our current paradigm that most of us are holding is something that isn't supposed to be able to change, shifted when the personality shifted. And then the even wilder thing was that one personality believed itself to be a drug addict and manifested uh, scars on its arm from i think it was from heroin injections so it manifested the physical scars onto its body when that personality was being expressed and then the scars disappeared when uh, the person shifted into another personality and so this is something incredibly profound and something that I feel like should be talked about a lot more is that we're seeing studies and we're seeing people that are through scientific observation and study providing clear evidence for this experience that we're having of reality that this that the laws or the rules of the game might be far different than what we have believed them to be. And, you know, one very simple thing that all of us really have just agreed on or accepted at this point is the study of placebo. And a placebo is uh, when there's a trial done, for example, with a medication where a group in the trial is given the real medication while another group is given an empty pill and told that they're getting the medication. And for a lot of different 
medications or different prescriptions, there is no measurable difference between people actually receiving the real medication versus the ones that don't receive anything and yet uh, believe that they're receiving it and therefore uh, experience what that medication is supposed to bring onto them. And this has even been brought about in studies a little bit more dramatic where I feel like I saw this about uh, an individual or, or a study that was done on individuals with cancer and they were giving them treatment and some of them were receiving real treatment and some of them weren't receiving any treatment but believed that they were and the people that weren't really receiving treatment but believed that that they were lost their hair as well and you know this has been studied with doctors as well uh you know that if a doctor tells you that most likely you're going to experience symptoms like this from what you're taking then it's very likely that you will experience those symptoms and sometimes the placebo is even more effective than the real medication itself i think for most drugs prescribed for anxiety and depression or mental disorders such as those uh, a placebo is always or i don't know exactly the stats but for a lot of them a placebo is just as effective as the medication itself but this has some profound implications for our correlation between our beliefs and our experience of reality and you know if someone is telling you over and over again that you should be afraid of something happening in your life and you begin to believe that to be a possibility that increases the likelihood of that than actually being made manifest for you so we should look very carefully at what we're believing and what we're collectively trying to enforce on others to believe and seeing if those are beliefs that do serve us or if they simply don't so that's something to reflect on both in our personal lives as on the global scale for all of us ah so yeah guys interesting topics coming through today <laughs> happy to get to share these thoughts and reflections with all of you i hope that they can give you some perspective and assist you on the path maybe open you up to the fact that there are more possibilities than you might have been thinking or that you might have believed there to be and yeah i hope that this can bring sense you know bring back a sense of magic into our experience because we've become so disattached and disconnected from the magic and the mystery of life and all of this research that's coming out now on this these topics that i just described and on psychedelic medicines and consciousness is really bringing back uh, like a renaissance of the mystical and of the magical and this is something that delights me a lot to witness and be a part of 
um, because I really enjoy living in a magical world and not in a dead, you know, our, our perspective a lot of the time is that it's all just dead matter and that it's all just Newtonian physics being played out that the deterministic, materialistic, you know, paradigms. And of course, there is a certain level of reality to that, but I wouldn't want to hold the belief that that is ultimate truth. You don't have to look any further than your direct experience of life to see that rational um, explanations can't always describe your personal experiences or you know, describe the workings of nature or describe the workings of the cosmos. So yeah, the mystery goes far deeper than most of us even dare to imagine. You know, Terence McKenna, he said it, that reality isn't even stranger than we suppose. It's stranger than we can suppose. Meaning that we don't yet possess the abilities to even come up with a system of understanding for what is actually happening behind the scenes in this experience. And that it's so much deeper, so much more magical, so much stranger and interesting than we even can begin to suppose. So I'll leave you with that. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm deeply grateful for you tuning in. It's been very fun to share some of those speculations and ideas with you. So have a beautiful day, have a beautiful evening, a beautiful morning or night, wherever you are. Wish you great prosperity, abundance. I wish you health and love, joy and peace in your heart. So this has been the Stefan Eli podcast. Tune in next week for another episode. Peace.